In just over a month, Brazilians will go to the polls to choose their new mayors and city councillors. In previous episodes of this podcast, we've discussed the major sanitary implications this election may cause. Brazil has no system for mail-in ballots, which we see in the U.S., or vote by proxy as they have in France. And the Brazilian voting system is by design a health hazard in coronavirus times. Millions of people in line touching the same voting machine, which cannot be sanitized due to fears of damaging the equipment and erasing all the ballots. We've also talked about how the pandemic will make voters more vulnerable to misinformation, as traditional methods of campaigning are severely hampered. This week, we want to tackle the political implications of the municipal races. For foreign audience, mayoral races may seem too parochial, but they actually have a significant impact on national politics. And what happens in November 2020 will ripple over until 2022. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Brazilian's elections are usually held in October, but the pandemic forced authorities to push them back one month. But in the absence of a vaccine, it is debatable how effective that postponement will be. Nevertheless, Congress believed that the possible negative effects of delaying the election until next year would be far worse. House Speaker Rodrigo Maia said that extending incumbents' terms could set a dangerous precedent for authoritarian officials that may try to use emergency situations in the future as a means to stay in power. The alternative was reducing the campaign season to just a month and a half, with a first round on November 15th and a runoff election for big cities two weeks later. To discuss how these changes will impact Brazilian politics, we welcome back Felipe Campanti, an associate professor at the Johns Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies. Felipe, thanks for being back to our podcast. Unlike many countries, Brazil's municipal races get a lot of national coverage because they are considered to be something of a dress rehearsal for national races. So just how predictive are they of the political trends we will see on the national stage two years from now? Well, I think seeing them as being predictive or not is, is not quite the right uh, way to think about why they're important. I think they're they're important for a more sort of mundane uh, reason, which is the mayors are are big uh, uh, sort of players in terms of uh, um, supporting candidates for federal election uh, two years later, right? So uh, who's going to control the mayor's office in, you know, small municipalities around the country will have an impact on who is going to get the help of uh, sort of the, the, the municipal political machine, so to speak, uh, in their federal campaigns, right? And there's also, so that's kind of one level of it. And the other, I think, is is to think about uh, the mayoral offices as uh, uh, sort of stepping stones to uh, federal office as well, or, or or sort of state level office as well. So I think it's less uh, as a as a 
uh, a temperature check uh, that is predictive of like who is going, who you know, who who like voters uh, are going to go for in that sense. Uh, but it's but it's more like setting the stage for the 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 competition, the electoral competition that is going to take place in, in in two years or or less than two years at this point. You mentioned the fact that the high profile races are stepping stones for politicians. And the two biggest races in Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro still seem very open-ended. In Sao Paulo, there are no clear-cut favorites. And in Rio, the incumbent has been declared ineligible for office after committing electoral crimes. And the front-runner is battling corruption accusations of his own. How do you see these two key races playing out? Well, I mean, Rio is, is, is just a very depressing political scenario i mean just just you know both in terms of the 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 city and and also the state i mean if you just look at the the you know the track record of of rio politicians uh in terms of uh, quality of governance recently is as bad as can be and 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 now we see actually like some of some of Rio politics taking center stage uh at the national level given that the the, the president uh, comes from that milieu uh, so you know it's intriguing, but I, but but I think in a fundamentally uh, quite a, a, a negative way. But I think to me, and it might be because I am from Rio myself, but 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 I I see that uh, there's a little bit of that uh, bellwether uh, kind of uh, character to it, which I was arguing against uh, <laughs> a couple of minutes ago. But but I think in 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 a, in a different way, as in. I think from 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 what one can see, there is like a, a huge level of disillusionment with uh, politicians in Rio, right? I guess uh, partly because of that, and that was already true in in the in the latest, you know, in the two thousand eight elections, and and we've seen that, you know, oftentimes this leads to sort of anti politics. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, a call for, for sort of like uh, something that is uh, uh, different. Uh, uh, and, and we've seen what that's led to like in Rio uh, itself at the, at the state level. But I, I, I think it's a way of checking, like, is it still a continuation of that, of that trend? You know, let's throw out the bums and like try different people who, you know, oftentimes turn out to be bums themselves or, or something more like uh, an accommodation with, you know, what it entails. So I, I, I'm intrigued by that aspect of the, of the Rio race, if you will. And another way uh, federal and municipal races relate to each other is that uh, candidates for presidential or gubernatorial races usually use these elections as proxy wars. In Sao Paulo, for example... We see several people who are almost certain to be on the 2022 presidential ballot trying to tilt the race in favor of their own candidates. It's a way to show political strength and build momentum. And we're seeing that from Lula to Ciro Gomes to President Jair Bolsonaro. But going back to the point you make about voter disillusionment, one thing is interesting. When voters know that one of these national players endorses a candidate, that makes it less likely they will vote for that person. 
Yeah, I think as you as you point out, I think the the the, the most interesting dimension is the is the overarching war, so to speak, between sort of uh, the 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 political sort of power brokers uh, and the kind of more rejectionist attitude, which you know at the national level, you know, brought Bolsonaro to 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 power, and and to some extent, I think uh, uh, you know we've been so conditioned to think about these uh, sort of traditional uh, political sort of this, this traditional infrastructure playing a determinant role that I'm not quite sure, you know, we have fully adjusted to the possibility that, that they just don't play a role uh, the way they used to. I think there's always a risk of sort of like overlearning from, from uh, 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 um, sort of outlier events, but, uh, it seems to me that there's something structural, and as you point out, like the fact that uh, 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 you know the support of uh, uh, sort of high-profile politicians may sort of backfire in the current context. I think is is is, is a good illustration of that. I mean, uh, again, showing my bias a little bit, but getting back to the to the real example, like uh, Wilson Witzel, right? The the outgoing, you know, the governor now being removed from office, like came out of nowhere, uh, 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 literally until, you know, days before the election and then sort of uh, uh, some reaccommodation occurred as a result of that. Uh, 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 I think it's an illustration of that. But I'll say that uh, uh, one interesting example uh, or, or something that this example illustrates is that oftentimes uh, the 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 political reaccommodation takes place sort of behind the scenes, right? Where where these supposedly uh, 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 anti-politics uh, forces they 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 are in fact kind of either co-opted or 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 they find an accommodation with existing political machines, right? Uh, oftentimes, uh, uh, you know, uh, structured around corruption and and rent seeking and the like. So oftentimes, like the desire. Uh, from voters of like something different leads them to 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 go for uh, superficially different uh, politicians, but that are actually fundamentally sort of tied to to pre-existing structures that that just lie uh, you know beneath the surface. Philippe, we all know how important social media has become to politics anywhere in the world, and in this municipal races in Brazil. Campaigning is limited. That should make social media even more important, right? Even compared to 2018 standards. I mean, we have already seen candidates pouring money into those micro-targeted ads, despite the official campaign having started just a few days ago. But do you think this boom is more a byproduct of the pandemic? Or is this just a continuation of an existing trend? The trend was already kind of in, in, in that direction, right? Of, of increased uh, 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 power of this type of, uh, uh, um, of, of, of channel, right? It's, and social media uh, uh, being kind of a driving force uh, uh, um, in, in political campaigns. So I think it's going it's, it's gonna to continue. It's going to be like even bigger than, than in 2018. But I'm not sure to what extent that will be because of, of sort of a one-off uh, impact of, of the pandemic, uh, uh, as opposed to sort of just a continuation of uh, a trend that was that was already present, and and that you know as I, as I was 
as an example of how sort of the traditional, uh, 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 you know, mechanisms have sort of been upended, right? And and so I, I see that more in the context of, of a continuation of a trend, more than uh, sort of something unique about 2020, as 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 much as it seems that you know this is such a unique year uh, as it is. This seems to be an election for the incumbents, right? I mean, reduced campaign time. People are paying attention to a bunch of other things like the pandemic, the massive economic crisis we're facing. Alessa Mayer is doing a really, really terrible job. It's pretty much their race to lose, right? I think there's very little question about that. I think that's, that's uh, uh, you know very much the case that the, the sort of the incumbency advantage is going to be strengthened. I guess not so much, uh, uh, again, uh, not, well, I, I, I don't know that that is being driven particularly by the, by the pandemic, except in so far as the pandemic is, is going to be like the, the proverbial dog that, that, that hasn't barked in the sense that we might've expected a few months ago that uh, incumbents might uh, uh, be in a in in a difficult situation because of the effects of uh, you know sort of the disruption and the economic crisis and sometimes you know this uh, potentially being uh, uh, um, projected onto incumbents uh, uh, by voters that doesn't seem to 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 be the case like much at all as indicated by uh, President Bolsonaro's uh, approval ratings lately uh, but I think you know if, if it's definitely uh, very likely, I think, that this uh, uh, under-the-radar uh, f- feature uh, helps incumbents, right? And and that makes uh, uh, that makes it uh, more likely that that, that they're going to be uh, reelected, which again will have implications for uh, 2022. Brazil has already around five million people infected with the coronavirus and roughly 150,000 confirmed deaths. As I mentioned earlier, in-person voting is the only way people can cast their ballots. And while voting is mandatory in Brazil, it is pretty easy to get out of it. I mean, all you have to do is pay a fine of less than one US dollar. So turnout has been going down for the past elections. And even before the pandemic was raging, it seems safe to assume an absurdly low turnout this year, right? Especially since electoral courts are trying to make it easier for people to declare absences on polling day. What would be the effects of a coronavirus-induced super low turnout? That that is something that I think is, is meaningful. Is that you know, as much as uh, uh, you know, Brazil seems to be kind of going about its business uh, much more than, than than other places. It is true that like a lot of people are not going about their uh, their business, right? So I think the like abstention rates uh, will likely be uh, uh, um, uh, you know higher than usual, and and they're not randomly uh, uh, you know distributed across the population, right? So like some voters are going to be sort of uh, uh, more likely to to like not to not to 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 show up and and are going to be. Uh, uh, underrepresented as a result, and I think that the alternative of having, let's say, mailing votes uh, 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 in the U.S. is is something that uh, uh, reduces that uh, uh, underrepresentation, right? 
so in that sense, it's I, I think the availability of other of other uh, you know uh, voting modality, so to speak, is something positive. Now uh, uh, the 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 political sort of implications of that uh, it's, it's it's a bit of a separate question but it's like if you didn't have mail-in voting like in the u.s it's not as if like well then like everything would be fine because like president trump wouldn't be able to be to sort of so discord about that and like uh threaten shenanigans it would be like well certain groups of people would be much less likely to vote and this would in itself have uh, a strong impact on the election results so i think it's 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 not uh, a bad thing at all that there are these alternative ways of voting, but obviously in Brazil this is this is just like not in the cards and and um, you know that that's just the way things are. At least not for now. I mean, electoral courts will test a vote by app system in three cities this year, São Paulo included. Depending on the results, we could see some change in that regard. Uh, Felipe, before I let you go, let's. Touch on the president. For several years now, we have discussed the erosion of Brazilian democracy from within, and those concerns grew bigger as Jair Bolsonaro rose to power because, well, he's a president that challenges democratic institutions almost on a daily basis. What is at stake for Brazilian democracy in this year's election, if anything? Uh, I mean, I think that the the main uh, um, the, the the main locus, let's say, where we see the erosion of democracy is 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 not uh, uh, so much uh, uh, at that level, right? I mean, I think there are there are uh, uh, repercussions there, uh, um, and you know, as we were uh, alluding to before, uh, you know, the the, the Incumbency advantage and and sort of the the the, the political use of uh, um, elected office and so on and so forth. I mean, this is this is all this has always been there, right? So and it, it's 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 not necessarily there that that one would see that uh, 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 the deterioration. Now, on the other hand, I th I think the you know when it comes to to things like the role of social media or, 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 you know, perhaps, uh, 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 increased polarization, you know, that's still, that's still part of the environment, but I would say, uh, 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 it's not clear to me that we see the, the, the level of polarization that has, uh, 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 sort of exploded in national politics. So reflected in, in local politics, I think it's still true that like local politics in Brazil are, are quite local. And uh, um, in a way that actually, frankly, feels still quite different from from what it is in the U.S., where I think the nationalization of politics has has uh, uh, gone uh, quite a lot further. Um, but so so I don't think that uh, you know the municipal level is is where we will see that deterioration most starkly. I think partly because that's where Brazilian democracy was already like uh, a little bit more shaky uh, in terms of, you know, those things like uh, 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 co-opting, uh, you know, uh, 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 public means for, for political gain and so on and so forth. But also because uh, 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 it's, it's uh, some of the, some of the 
crucial arenas of deterioration are not so salient uh, uh, in, 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 at the municipal level. Felipe Campanti is an associate professor at the Johns Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies. If you like Explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars. That will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a full week, which gives you access to the site for a full week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. See you next week.